All right, welcome back to episode four of season two, and we're going to talk about types of mortgages today. I know we talked about uh, different types of loans in season one, FHA, conventional, etc., but today we're going to talk about types of mortgages. Um, so I'm here with my mortgage guy, Nick Kasha. My name is Jesse Earl. I'm your hello, host. Hello, world. Hello, hello. Hi, Jesse. And uh, so we have a few of them on, on our list here. So the first one I think is what everybody is basically, you know, you're, especially if you're a first home buyer, is your primary home, primary loan, mortgages, whatever. Yes. So your primary residence is where you, you're living. That's your, your actual house you're going to be in. That in That's usually the one, if anybody calls me or asks me, like, what's your rate? It's usually a 30-year fix for primary residence. That's what people are asking oh, about. Just a general, that's the general rate you're giving Yeah, out. exactly. So people always call and ask, like, what's your rate today? They're like, well, there's a lot of things that go into it. Like, what type of house are you buying? Are you buying a, this is what we're talking about today. Are you buying a yeah. primary residence that you're going to live in and be your, that's where you're going to live as your house? Are you buying a secondary home or a vacation home somewhere? Or the third one is buying an investment property. Okay. Those three things are three totally different loans. Technically, you're buying a residential house for all those, but they're all different. They have different attributes and different. So you get different uh, rates for depending on what exactly. you're buying it for. Exactly. They're all they're they're totally different, and they have different guidelines, different rules, different everything. So we'll start with the primary because it's a simple one. That's the one everybody obviously you're buying a house. This is what you really yeah. are thinking about. Yeah. The other ones you wouldn't it wouldn't happen probably until you already had a primary. For yes, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I'm sure you have a couple of questions, but I'll start off real quick. The primary residence is the, the is the simplest one. It's the most common thing that people are going to buy. Mm-hmm. Every everybody that owns a home that lives in their home has a primary residence where you're living. Um, obviously, the other you can rent a house, but if you're going to buy a house that's yours, that's a primary. Mm-hmm. Um, the primary residence loans have the the most options for you to buy for the most part, um, with the lowest down payments, the lowest. So even by options, like different types of loans or like what? Yeah, different types. So the, the FHA, the VA, the okay. USDA, conventional loans, mm-hmm. um, they're all geared towards primary residence. So you're going to live in the house. Okay. And they, they offer better terms than other pro- types of property because your primary is the least risky for the bank to lend on. Because okay. essentially, they're in, in the bank's mind, the theory is if you live in the property, you're going to do everything you can to pay your bill every month and yep. pay back the bank. Um, you're not just going to let your house go, especially if you put a big down payment down mm-hmm. or if you're living there with your family, like you're just not going to walk away. You're going to figure out a way if, if times get tough to pay the bank back. So right. for that, they're willing, you know, the better credit you have, they, they're willing to give you better rates versus the other types of properties um, and better options for down payment. So FHA will give you three and a half percent down. Um, conventional, you know, 3% or 5%. And you can even do like, in some city, some states, they'll have uh, bond programs like the, okay. in Rhode Island. They have Rhode Island housing, mass housing, where essentially it's a, a, no money down. You're, you're financing the down payment or you're getting a grant. But you're, you're getting into a house that you're going to live in with as little money down as possible. And that's going to be your, your place where you live, where you build equity, where you grow with your family or yeah. you grow as a person, whatever. And, and <clears throat> that that's your primary and that's the most basic thing you can, you can buy. Okay. So with a vacation secondary – Secondary would be any type of home you buy that's not your primary, that's not an investment. So you're not getting rental income for it. Okay. So that type of loan you have to you have to carry the mortgage of your first, your your primary residence that you're living in. Mm-hmm. Or if you're re- you could technically if you're renting a house, yeah, you could buy a secondary home. So if say you're you, know, you used to live in San Francisco, yeah. You're living in San Francisco, 
you're you're paying rent. That's your your main payment. You want to buy a house here in Rhode Island and Narragansett yep. from San Francisco. You're not going to get rental income on it. You just want to buy a, a beach house here. Okay. You could technically buy a house as a secondary. And what what that what the secondary home does is it allows you to buy. It's it's still less risky than an investment property, and it allows you to put less money down. So you, depending on your credit and the situation, you could put ten percent down. Right. Uh, as low as ten percent. Your interest rate is going to be higher than a primary residence. Um, and your uh, and you have to count your primary residence, uh, either your house or your, your rental income that you're paying. You have to count that against your total monthly debt. So what? Um, so why is the rate why is the rate different? Why does it go higher? So it goes higher because it's more risky. Okay, and by so, how much does it usually go up? Um, the rate it de- it really depends. Right now we've been so before COVID there wasn't that much of a difference. There's like a quarter of a point so 0.25 percent difference mm-hmm. now we're seeing more of like one percent difference between rates of a, of a secondary home vacation home yeah uh covid changed things the way that, that banks measure risk mm-hmm. and what they have available what they what they're willing to lend on yeah so they had more and more people trying to buy secondary homes because more and more people had cash during covid and they just they became a little bit more risky. There's too much money in that market, I guess. This, okay. this is just my theory about what it was. I don't know exactly, but that's. But now it's about a, a percentage point difference. So if your rate today is five and a half percent on your primary residence, mm. it'd probably be like six and a half percent on your secondary, or maybe a little bit less. But in that range, it's probably going to be a, a little bit more. So the uh, real quick, sorry. Just the reason yeah. for that is, if things happen in your house, or like you, you lose your job, or something happens. The bank sees your secondary as something that you would stop paying on before your primary. So you, you're always going to pay in your primary because you live there. Yep. Your secondary house would be the first thing that you stop paying on and uh, you know foreclose on essentially. So it's riskier. So the, mm-hmm. the, the riskier the loan is, the bank wants to get paid more on it because they're, they're taking out – they're giving you – the, the money and it's just the the risk factor of, of giving you that money. So. so what if you buy a secondary property and then uh, like a year later mm-hmm. uh, you sell your primary property and your secondary becomes your primary? Does anything change there? Um, Can you get the change or do you have to, it has to you, be through you, a refi? You would have to refi to change. You, you could do it. Like it's not a big – you just move into your secondary as your, as your primary. So you, yeah. so you live in – uh, you know, you live in Boston, and your secondary is in Narragansett. Yeah, you're bought. You retire from your job in Boston, and you want to just move Narragansett full time. You can do that. Mm. You make it your primary at that point, and but to change the actual interest rate and anything, mm. you, you would have to refinance into, and that would be a primary residence. And the reason is, your mortgage that you started with is your. I mean, that's your fixed mortgage for however long. Like you could technically have like an adjustable rate or something like that, but usually, yeah. it's, I mean, that's your mortgage wherever. Whenever you uh, when you start it till you finish paying it off. So to make it a secondary, uh, basically a secondary versus an investment home, is that nobody else can live there. Correct. You so, can't. So you could. I mean. So how can you could how put can you, your family members there? Yeah. But you can't. So the, the basic thing is when you go to buy and when you go to for us to uh, qualify you for the mortgage, we can't count rental income on yep. that property, and it has to make sense too. If you're buying a a secondary home, like, and if you live in Providence and you're buying a secondary home in Boston, it would have to make sense that it's not an investment property. Like, it, it, there has to be a reason. Like, you're you're 
you know, you commute up there every day and you want to buy a condo, but your house in Rhode Island. Yeah, you know, you guys asking that question? They do. Yeah, the underwriter will ask that because okay. they they also don't want you to take advantage of the system and buy something as a secondary where it's not really a secondary house. You have to have a reason for you to buy it yeah. somewhere, unless it's like a vacation town. Like if you're buying at the beach, it's you know usually it's a beach house. It's, it's right, right. Um, investment properties are different because there's way more risk that goes into investment properties because you're relying on. A third, you're relying on a renter to pay your rent for you. Yeah. And if they don't pay your rent, and you have your primary residence, and you, you, and they stop paying, you would just walk away from your your investment property easily, foreclose on it, whatever. But you still keep your home that you're living in. Okay. And that investment property usually, sometimes you don't need to, but sometimes people need that rental income to qualify for it. Okay. So if you bought a two-family home. Uh, down the street from where you live right now, mm-hmm. and you're getting four thousand dollars a month in rent for you know both floors combined, and you need that income to qualify, mm-hmm. that inv- that becomes an investment property. That's that's uh, okay. It's something that you're you're going to get cash flow on. Interesting. And that is like a your rate goes up with that when that happens because again it's more risk. The the riskier for the bank to lend out money that the more they make you pay for that that situation. So it's usually now is a weird time because um, the rates are crazy. So you're getting like a it's a 1.5% higher rate right now kind mm-hmm. of on investment properties. Obviously everything depends on the person, the bank, what you're investing in. Mm-hmm. But if you're, you know, if you're again if your rates 5.5%, you're probably going to get a, a rate of almost 7% for an investment property. Could pay points and get it lower, but it's usually that much higher just because there's that much more innate risk involved with it. So I could buy, theoretically, I could buy an investment property without really having proper funds, but I'm using the what the rent is going to be towards the mortgage for income funds. You need so you need oh, more for towards, down, towards need, income. Yeah. yeah, you need more for a down payment, and you need more for um, yeah, uh, more for down payment and more for reserve funds. So you got to basically show that. You're going to put more money down. That way you have more skin in the game. Mm-hmm. And you have the reserve funds needed for that investment property. So you have, in certain cases, six months or a year where you have this extra extra money mm. um, just in case it doesn't get rented and you have to you know, use your funds to, to pay that mortgage. You They want to make sure you have a buffer, basically. Okay. But when it comes to actual income, as long as you can float and you can pay for your mortgage and you can pay for your bills... If that investment property covers the cost of that new mortgage, so say, like I said, you're getting four thousand, but that new mortgage is twenty five hundred, mm. we can count seventy five percent of the that actual um, the rental income that you're going to get from that house. So if you're doing that, you yeah, you basically you're canceling out that your rental income is going to cancel out that mortgage payment, and you're going to you know break even on the house. You're probably going to make a profit, but on mm. paper you're break even. And as long as you can carry your own mortgage and your own stuff, you you would qualify for that investment property. And then the difference okay. is with a secondary home, if it's four thousand a month, you have to carry your primary mortgage plus your secondary yeah. plus all your bills and still be under you know your secondary house has to be under fifty percent of the or forty five percent type type of loan you're doing depending of the debt to income on your debt to income ratio, yeah. which we talked about a couple episodes ago. Okay. So yeah, it's uh, they're all different and they all have their pros and cons. But they're like, uh, you know, the, if you're really buying a secondary home, a, a vacation spot somewhere, like mm-hmm. it, they, it's not as bad as buying an investment property. It's a, the, it's less rigorous. Yeah. There's less that goes into it. You need less for reserve funds for down payment, all that stuff, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and that's pretty much it. I mean, those are the three types of properties you can buy. Uh, then, like, with your own primary residence, um, somebody had asked me this before, too. They were in, I don't know, it's kind of off topic, but what other types of loans you can, you can do second mortgages on your house, too. Uh, usually, those are just for primary. So, a second mortgage is like a home equity line of credit or yeah. a home equity loan. And that's just you're borrowing money um, against the equity of your house. So, if you have 40% equity in your house, so you, you owe 200000 and your house is worth three eighty, mm-hmm. you can borrow up to 80%. You can borrow like, Eighty thousand dollars in a home equity line of credit or a home equity loan, okay. which I might, it might be another episode that we go into with that. But mm-hmm. uh, that usually is only primary residence. You maybe can do it for a secondary, but usually just primary. You can have that uh, thing. So the pros and what you can do with the primary are much better because the, the risk is less there. Versus, like I said before, just reiterating, uh, the risk is a lot less with the primary residence because you're just not going to walk away. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty much. I mean, hopefully that that all made sense. I don't know if. Uh, it made sense to me. Question. I mean, yeah. yeah. So like, basically, your primary obviously is your primary is like what everybody go through goes through in their first time buying. Yep. Secondary is if uh, you know you gotta have you gotta have money for that. Exactly. Because you you were living there. Nobody else is living there technically. Right. Um, and then the vacation. I mean, sorry, the investment is uh, what you're. Yeah, the investments. Of, the investments basically a business. You're, you're buying yeah. a. A small business. Would you consider that an easier loan to get than uh, second uh, secondary? It's um slash vacation. The guidelines are, yeah. I mean, it, it, nothing. None of them are really easy, but it's easier because you can count the rental income. Yeah, and that that part, the debt to income ratio, offsets it. Okay, but you have you know the the rates are higher. There's points. Yeah. there's all that stuff makes it tougher. Okay, but if you find the right place that's cash flow positive and that you know the investments really. None of them are really too crazy to get if you're if you're set up correctly. So you have the right credit, you have the right down payment, you have the right reserve funds. You can do any of these. Mm-hmm. It really just comes down to what makes you know what you can carry with your your current income and stuff. Okay. So, yeah. I mean that's that's good to know. Yeah. Uh, I know the difference between the three. If anybody ever asks. All right. Uh, so thanks again, Nick, for uh, for walking us through that. Uh, again, that's Nick Kasha, loan officer. Uh, you have your license in New England, New York, and New Jersey. And how can they reach out to you? Uh, Nicholas.Kasha at myccmortgage.com. Uh, you can go to any of my Kasha Mortgages 401 on Instagram and KashaMortgages.com. And I don't know, a whole bunch of other stuff. You'll find me somewhere. Just Google my name. C-A-C-C-I-A is my last name. And just type, type that in and you'll find me on LinkedIn. Is a handsome mug? Oh, stop it. All right. Thanks again, Nick. uh, And we will catch you guys next time. See y'all.